0: Welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a look at
1: how you can uh, utilize the Zigenary Path analysis to analyze your multi-omics data. And so before we get started, I just want to let you know that the product I'll be showing today is intended for molecular biology applications only. This is not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so in today's webinars, you do have a couple of features. so I am gonna to try to make this interactive just to get some feedback in terms of what I'm presenting and how it relates to your research. Um, so at the bottom of your screen, um, you should have a QA and a box uh, that you can utilize to type in those questions um, that uh, you have when, uh, as we're going along with the webinar. Um, so if you have any questions, please utilize that Q&A box that's located at the bottom of your screen. It's gonna help us keep track of what questions are being asked and um, what questions are being answered. Now, You also will see a raise hand icon at the bottom of your screen. So if you guys can just go ahead and just click on it so that I know that it is working for you guys today, uh, this would be really helpful. Um, So I'll be asking you guys to raise your hands just to get some feedback in terms of some of the uh, images that I'll be showing and some of the workflow that I'll be going through just to make sure that it's relevant uh, for you guys. So I can see that uh, many of you have located this raised hand button that should be located at the bottom of your screen. Now, if you do experience some technical difficulties, uh, please let us know through chat and we will try to help you as best as we can, but please um, type in those questions in the Q&A box as this is gonna be a little more um, helpful in terms of making sure that your questions are properly answered. And so today we'll be looking at how uh, you can use Kitech Engineering Path Analysis to interpret your multi-omics data set and how you can leverage the curated uh, public data sets found within IPA and integrate that uh, data into your own uh, multi-omics research. And so for that, we'll cover uh, just a quick introduction to Engineering Path Analysis, um, take a look at how you can upload um, your uh, data set and then how you can leverage um, the public data. There's some of the features available within IPA. Now for today's slides, um, we do have step-by-step slides that are available, so um, you can always click on these uh, hyperlinks here on the side um, to get to those specific steps. So accelerated development of omic technologies has enabled us to take a holistic view of biological processes and disease states by capturing data from different omic layers. And so researchers like you can utilize IPs um, knowledge base to analyze and discover relationships and connections with various omic data. You can identify key biological insights that underlie a particular biological process or disease uh, utilizing um, a heat map, uh, for example. Now, one of the things that makes IEPA unique in its database is not only comprehensive, but it's also causal. So when you upload uh, your data with up and down regulated genes, proteins, or metabolites, IEPA compares a directional pattern of expression in your data to literature and makes predictions on what pathways are predicted to be active, represented here by the color of orange, versus what pathways are predicted to be inhibited, represented here by the shades of blue. Now, with the heat map, you can easily see how these different uh, canonical pathways are either activated or inhibited across this time uh, series after uh, insulin administration uh, coming from transcriptomic, proteomic, and metabolomic data of mouse liver. Now we can see that, uh, for example, oxidative phosphorylation is predicted to be uh, inhibited, colored in blue in the transcriptomic data while mitochondrial uh, dysfunction is predicted to be active, colored in orange, suggesting uh, an energy production switch to glycolysis in response to insulin. So this highlights how easy it is an IPA to compare different types of OMIC data and discover uh, similar or opposite trends within your data, giving users like you a way to integrate across different uh, OMIC experiments. In addition to looking at what pathways um, are enriched in their omic datasets, IPA provides a way for users like you to visualize these pathways to see how molecules within their data are interconnected with one another, allowing you to generate hypothesis by looking at the connections and the predictions. And so here, uh, proteins at 60 minutes after um, Insulin administration are enriched in the oxidative phosphorylation pathway. And you can see that there are upregulated, uh, represented here by uh, the colors of red. And so here uh, the colors of orange uh, represent predicted activation based on your data set and literature. And so the increase in um, proteins forming complexes uh, one, uh, three, and four are a uh, result in a predicted increase in um, ATP and uh, NAD+, plus, both of which are consistent with uh, liver function. And so using this pathway, users like you can generate hypothesis, whether that is the relationship between the proteins or levels of the uh, different uh, metabolites. In addition to uh, looking at biological pathways, uh, users like you are also interested in identifying regulators that may be driving the expression changes observed in their omics data. And so these uh, upstream uh, regulators can serve as potential targets for therapeutics or can be candidates for additional um, mechanistic studies. And so using comparison analysis in IPA, you can identify uh, key upstream regulators across uh, your transcriptomics, uh, proteomics, and metabolomics uh, studies, and display them as a network with their uh, downstream uh, targets. And so, for example, um, here um, nuclear factor erythroid 2-related factor 2 (NFE2L2) is shown to be um, inhibited in response to stimulant across the transcriptomic. Proteomics and uh, metabolomic data, and so NFκB2 is uh, known to induce um, expression of detoxifying and antioxidant genes, and has been implicated in literature to be involved in uh, liver function. Now, another way of analyzing multiomics data is to simply compare between different uh, data sets, or to compare across different conditions, such as uh, different time points, treatments, etc. And so, using the compare uh, feature in IPA, users like you can quickly and easily generate lists, annotate these lists, and use them for downstream applications such as uh, network construction or core analysis. And so, what are additional ways uh, that you can use um, to highlight differences between omic data and IPA? And so, in a single network, you can um, overlay. Your data and compare your different groups uh, using uh, note charts. And so here you can see that RXRA, um, which plays a role in uh, hepatocytes proliferation, is uh, downregulated in the transcriptomic and the proteomic data in this time series, whereas RAC1 um, is upregulated in the uh, proteomics data. And so interestingly, the decrease in um, RXRA has been associated with uh, stress in the liver pointing to a potential role in insulin uh, response. Now we can also uh, display uh, note charts with metabolomics data. And so in this case, uh, you can see, for example, that malonic acid uh, is decreased across uh, this time series, which is known to be involved in the regulation of liver metabolism. Now you can also discover uh, public data sets with similar or opposite biological results compared to your analysis, which can help confirm your interpretation of the results or to provide unexpected insights into underlying shared biological mechanisms. And so by utilizing um, analysis match, um, which automatically compares your analysis results against more than 147,000 uh, expression analysis curated from public sources. You can see that um, analysis uh, using um, lymph nodes, uh, kidney, a spleen, um, display similar experimental results uh, to those observed at uh, 60 minutes um, after insulin administration in this uh, transcriptomics uh, data. And so, similar to analysis match, uh, the activity plot helps you gain insights into a regulator, a canonical pathway, disease, or function by exploring its predicted biological activity across more than 147,000 public data sets, representing uh, different uh, conditions, different treatments, and much more. And so, in this case, uh, you can look at public data sets in which NFE2L2 is predicted to be um, inhibited to identify treatments that may inhibit this uh, protein, or you can take a look at different types of diseases or conditions in which nfe 2 l 2 is predicted to be activated. And so uh, we are looking at uh, different ways you can combine and analyze multiple data and IPA. So before moving forward, I'm going to go ahead and launch a quick poll to see whether these are the types of analysis that you would like to perform with your own Multiomics uh, data. And so um, are these the types of analysis uh, that users like you would like to see um, today or in uh, future um, studies? So if you guys can just go ahead and um, fill out that poll, um, it'd be really useful just to get some feedback in terms of what um, we're um, looking at today. So, uh, well, you guys uh, answer that poll. So, how is IPA able to make these predictions and cross quality relationships? And so the functionalities within IPA are powered by the KEGG Knowledge Base, which represents a massive ontology of over 12.9 million curated literature findings that try to define molecular interactions and associations of the literature. And so our team of MD and PhD scientists go to literature and define what are the key molecular interactions found within those publications. They pull out appropriate context for these relationships from the study to understand interactions between molecules and associations between molecules and disease. Uh, The high-quality manually created data allows for causality prediction in IPA. And so... Overall, uh, the KEGG knowledge base represents a rich repository of uh, molecular interactions of high quality that has been updated weekly for more than uh, 20 years. Now, the data that we will be working with today was obtained uh, from this um, published study that looked at insulin response in the liver. And so um, mouse liver tissues were collected at uh, time zero, uh, 60 minutes, and 120 minutes after insulin administration and uh, transcriptomics, proteomics, and metabolomics was performed to elucidate the impact of insulin. Um, So the questions uh, that we can ask are, what are the changes across these multiomics data in response to insulin administration, can we identify pathways and regulators important during this response? And so, although today we are going to be looking at a response time series, you can imagine that you have uh, samples across different uh, disease subtypes, samples for different patients, or different time courses for a drug treatment. And so, regardless of the type of comparisons you are making, you can use what we will be covering today uh, to extend and analyze uh, your own uh, multiomics uh, data set. And so let's look at how you can uh, utilize IPA to analyze your um, omics data. And so again, just to kind of highlight that we do have step-by-steps that are available within the slides uh, for today's session. And so IPA has basic is a basic requirement for uploading a data set. It only really requires a, a list like this, which can be a list of genes, transcripts, proteins, and metabolites to find enrichment. And it can be uh, in uh, different uh, formats, such as uh, text, Excel, CSV, or GIF formats. Now for expression data, uh, like transcriptomics, you can add uh, your differential expression uh, measurements uh, to your list, like log ratio, fold change. And so IPA will compare this um, up and down uh, regulated uh, data with the literature to make predictions. And you can also upload uh, p-values, although it's not required. Uh, If you are working with uh, different experimental groups or different comparisons, um, like different time points, different treatments, you can upload up to um, 20 uh, groups in the same file. As you see here, so here we have um, three different groups. Uh, and for each of those different groups, we have our full change and our p-value for each of those uh, individual um, observations. Now we won't be covering um, data upload for transcriptional mixed data. So if, so if you are interested, uh, you can always access one of our previous recordings that cover our data upload in uh, details, as well as step-by-step slides uh, to follow along. Now the format and upload for proteomics data is very similar to transatomic data in that it's going to require a list of your protein identifiers, uh, like Uniprot, as you see here. If you are doing uh, protein level comparisons, you can also include your differential uh, measurements, such as fold change or log ratio, and then you can also include PDOs as well if they are available. Again, we won't be covering uh, data upload for proteomics data, but know that you can access previous recordings that cover data upload uh, in details as well as step-by-step slides to follow along. And then like other um, data types, IPA uh, requires um, an identifier of what the metabolite is if you're working with um, metabolomics data. And so IPA supports different types of um, metabolite identifiers like CAS, HMDB, uh, KEG, and PubChem. Now, you can uh, in IPA you can take in uh, multiple identifiers um, for the same uh, tablet. So we recommend that you include um, as many multipl- uh, as many um, identifiers as you can. Um, so here, for example, we have uh, identifiers for PubChem, KEG, um, HMDB, and CAS. And so um, this uh, allows uh, IPA to capture the largest number of metabolites in your data set uh, for the analysis. here, for example, IPA will go into the first column and um, identify those metabolites that it uh, sees. And if it doesn't recognize a metabolite, it'll go to the next column and uh, try to identify that one and so forth. So this allows us to capture uh, the most um, number of metabolites in your data set and then just like with other data sets you can also uh, include your differential measurements and your p values as well if they are available. And so um, you can access today's uh, data set by simply clicking on this hyperlink and uh, opening up um, the clicking uh, on this icon to download uh, the files. You can also hover over your screen and uh, download the file of that way as well. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, the recording will uh, be available uh, once uh, this meeting ends. So you can always um, just register back and um, access to today's uh, recording. And so for this, uh, we're going to go ahead and go into uh, the software. And so uh, when you open up IPA, you're going to see an interface that looks like this. The first thing you're going to notice is going to be uh, this quick start uh, window that uh, provides you uh, with some helpful information in terms of how you can analyze uh, different types of analysis. It also gives you access to um, what is uh, new in IPA and then also gives you access to how to uh, look at our uh, webinars. And uh, how to contact our uh, support team as well. The Create New button is going to give you access to uh, what is, uh, it's going to give you access to a lot of the different features that are available uh, within IPA. So here you can um, either upload a data set or start a core analysis. And then the search bar is going to provide you access to our knowledge base, where you can search for a gene or genes and chemicals and get information on that gene, or you can search for a disease or a function and get information on that um, as well. And so for today, we're going to be going over uh, two things, how to upload a metabolomics data set and how to set up and uh, start a a metabolomics analysis on that data. And so to start, uh, we're gonna go ahead and go to the create new and then select the option uh, core analysis. And so this is going to give you uh, two options. You can analyze a previously uploaded data set, or you can analyze a new data set by simply clicking on the upload um, button. So here we can select the upload and select uh, the analysis that we're going to be looking at. So in this case, I'm going to go ahead and select the metabolomics um, data set and click open to open that up. Now, when you upload uh, your data set, in this case, it is an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, you can see right off the bat that we uh, have sort of like an image of what our your Excel spreadsheet looks like, where we have some identifiers located here. And then we also have uh, some differential expression values for uh, three different observations or uh, comparisons. And so one of the things uh, that we need to do is we need to let IPA know how to format our uh, spreadsheet. And so for that, uh, we're going to use uh, these drop-down um, options that are available on top of the uh, columns. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and let um, IPA know um, our identifiers. And so here, since we have four, we can go ahead and uh, label the first four columns as ID. And so um, IPA is going to automatically try to detect uh, what's present uh, within uh, the first column. And so here you can um, check to see um, if um, those options are correct. In this case, uh, I'm going to go ahead and deselect this one, since I know that this column only has KEG, and click OK. And then uh, for the subsequent columns, um, you do have to uh, select uh, what uh, they are manually. So the second one is going to have our HMBD identifiers. So we can go ahead and select those and click OK. The third column has our CAS. So we can select the CAS. And then the fourth column has our PubChem identifiers. So we can go ahead and select those as well. So once we've um, selected our identifiers, uh, you note that if we go into this uh, dataset uh, summary tab, IPA has recognized uh, 198 of our 204 rows and then it has um, not been able to recognize uh, five. So if we go on show details, we can see those metabolites that have been recognized versus those that have not. And so here you can see um, the different types that were not recognized. In this case, um, IPA doesn't may not recognize uh, the dashes, and so this could be a reason why uh, these were not uh, recognized. Um, so if you uh, have um, a list of identifiers, you can always select them and um, reformat them in your um, Excel spreadsheet, uh, and then upload that Excel spreadsheet um, to maximize uh, the number of metabolites that are being uh, recognized. So here I'm gonna go ahead and go back to this uh, raw data tab. And so now that we have uh, labeled identifiers, we're gonna go ahead and um, label our groups. And so since you have three groups, uh, we're gonna go ahead and label the other columns as observations. So here we have our first observation or our first group. Then we have our second observation our second group. And then lastly, we have our third observation or our third uh, group. And so one thing to note is that um, log, ratio, or fold change, and p-values are not two separate observations. They are in the same group, so they are labeled with the same observation number. Now, having um, multiple groups is um, really useful but um, what's even more useful is being able to recognize what those multiple groups are and so here observations one two and three doesn't really tell you what that uh, comparison is about and so for this we can go ahead and um, edit the um, observation name to one that um, mostly describes what we're looking at so in this case i'm going to go ahead and click on edit observation names and so here, you can manually type in the name of your comparisons, or if your spreadsheet has headers, as this spreadsheet does, you can use the drop-down and select uh, the headers as the name. So in this case, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and select the headers and just modify those um, headers. So our first observation is at time zero, And then our second observation is at time uh, 60 minutes. And then our third observation is at time 120 minutes. So IPA allows you um, to um, name your three different uh, comparisons in this case, um, as uh, you fit best. So once we click OK, we can see that we now have our uh, names for each of our um, observations, so just a show of hands, how many of you today are working with uh, metabolomics data and are working with a dataset similar to this, where you have your identifiers and uh, multiple uh, groups associated with them? So I can see that uh, some of you have um, something similar, and so uh, again, just to kind of highlight that when you are working with metabolites, uh, you do want to uh, add as many identifier types as possible um, so that IPA is able to recognize um, your, the most metabolites in your data set And then uh, once you have those um, identifiers recognized, um, you wanna make sure that you label uh, your comparisons appropriately by making sure that um, if you have full change or p-value that they're labeled with the same uh, comparison. And so once you have uh, your um, spreadsheet um, identified within this uh, data set upload uh, window, we can go ahead and click to save this. Now you are going to get a warning that says that you don't have metadata. So metadata is uh, recommended if you have it, but it is not required. So, in case you do have metadata that you want to associate uh, with your data set, you can click on this metadata tab and then um, select the different types of parameters that you wanna fill in to provide more description of what uh, the data is that you're working with. But in this case, I'm just gonna go ahead and click okay. There is no metadata and decide where to save um, this uh, data set. And so here we can create a new folder or save it in a existing folder. So in this case, I may wanna create a new one by going to new, and then typing in the name of the folder uh, that I want to uh, create. So once uh, we do this, it's going to create um, a new folder in which you can save uh, your data set. So again, to create that new one, we just simply go to new and then name um, the new folder that we want to create. So once you have selected your folder, you can simply click on save IPA is going to save um, your data set uh, within uh, the folder you created. Now, the next window uh, that is going to appear is going to ask you what type of analysis uh, you are going to run. Now, if you're working with transcriptomics or proteomics data, uh, you would select a uh, expression analysis um, as the analysis type that you want to uh, run. Now, when you are working with metabolomics data, you wanna select a metabolomics analysis to let IP know that you are working with metabolomic uh, data. So in this case, since this is a metabolomics data set, we're gonna select the metabolomics analysis and then click on next. But again, if you are working with a transcriptomics, proteomics, single cell, uh, you wanna make sure that you are selecting uh, in expression analysis. Well, this is going to give bring you up to the um, analysis setup window, uh, which has various filters available to uh, pre-filter uh, your data set um, and prepare it for a core analysis. Now here uh, on this top uh, portion, uh, you have the option to uh, filter by different types of things, Uh, such as um, you can filter by different types of species, tissues, and cell types. Now, uh, since this is our first analysis, um, we do recommend that you um, start off with just the default settings as you want to maximize the findings uh, that are found within the knowledge base. And so for today, we're gonna go ahead and leave these uh, default uh, settings as is. And we're actually going to focus on um, this bottom section and set our cutoffs. As I mentioned, uh, when you're working with IPA, we do recommend that you upload uh, your whole entire data set and then use um, this window to filter for significance by setting up um, cutoffs. Now, here we can see that we have 197 um, metabolites that are ready to be analyzed. I recommend uh, that this um, analysis-ready molecules be around 200 uh, to 2,000 molecules as you want the analysis to focus on the most significant molecules in your data. And so um, you can narrow down uh, the number of molecules for analysis by adjusting uh, these cutoffs, uh, which are going to depend on your biological system. Now, for this case, uh, we're not going to set any cutoffs since we're working with a small data set. But if this was, for example, a transcriptomics data set, um, we would recommend that you set a significance cutoff if you have a p-value measurements, and then you could also set some full change values as well. So you can um, focus your analysis on those um, most significant um, molecules. But again, since this is a really small data set, uh, we're not gonna set any um, cutoffs. And so uh, simply the next thing we would do would be just to run uh, the analysis and then uh, click on save. Uh, to save uh, that analysis. And so this is a good time to take our first uh, Q&A break. Um, So uh, Kyle, if there's any questions, I'd be happy to take them.
0: Awesome. Uh, Thank you for the coverage of IPA so far. And to those members in the audience, just a reminder to please feel free to ask questions in the Q&A box. we will take a few different question breaks to uh, ask these things, make sure that we're covering what you need to know. And also, I have a question for you, which I just launched as a speed poll. So if you could fill out that info, that would be great. Araceli, um, one of the questions that we, we had that I thought was interesting was, uh, how does IPA use p-value? And why is the p-value input optional?
1: Um, so the p-value that you upload um, with your data set is utilized for uh, filtering. Um, IPA will generate its own uh, p-value uh, when it's doing its analysis, and it won't really take into account uh, what you uh, upload. Uh, and so slowly uh, the p-value is used for um, filtering your data set. So for example, if this was a transcriptome data set, you would have over, you know, 19,000 uh, different molecules. And so you can use that p-value to filter for what is uh, significant um, in your data. Um, and so that's a that's a good way to use that p-value that you upload um, into IPA.
0: Awesome. Uh, something else that I was also curious about, um, I know we're looking at metabolomics, but um, what about lipidomics? Is there uh, any support in IPA for lipids?
1: Uh, yes. Um, so IPA also supports uh, lipidomics um, by using uh, the lipid maps IDs. So similar to how we saw today with the uh, metabolomics data, uh, you would just upload uh, your lipids and then um, select uh, the uh, metabolite ID. Sorry, the lipid ID that you're utilizing and set the analysis the same way um, that we are currently setting it as.
0: Okay, and uh, for everyone in attendance, I went ahead and pasted a link in the chat. So here, that list of supported identifiers uh, is easy to find in our help and documentation, but just in case, uh, all of those ID types, including the lipid map IDs, are at that link. Here is a question that just got asked uh, that I actually am not 100% sure about the answer. Um, In terms of uploading uh, your entire data set, Uh, The question is, what is the max number of molecules you can upload? And I'm curious because I haven't hit this yet, even uploading, say, 60,000 genes.
1: Um, I believe the max you can upload is 100,000. But in terms of the number that you can actually analyze, our max is 8,000. So even though you upload, let's say, 100,000 molecules, um, IPA will only be able to um, analyze 8,000 of those. So that's our our, our maximum in terms of um, the analysis ready molecules. And then I believe our max in terms of the data set is going to be, I think, 100,000 rows.
0: Perfect. And finally, uh, it looks like we have a few questions that you look like you're going to actually answer in the next section. So I will read one of those questions out loud, but Uh, let you answer it as you move on with your presentation. And that question is, uh, what happens if you have uh, pathways where you have enrichment uh, by p-value, but the the Z-score might not be significant? How do you interpret those findings? So again, back to you. Uh,
1: Yes, I will take that question into consideration. Um, So just to sort of um, review, uh what uh just to review some of the major steps so far uh so we went to uh create new and then uh core analysis uh and then we uploaded uh, our data sets now once we uploaded our data set, uh, the next thing was to uh, indicate and label your uh, ID columns and then your observation uh, groups by simply using those drop down uh, menus and then selecting uh, the correct um, components. You can also change uh, the names of your observations by simply going to edit observation names and then saving uh, that uh, data set. And so once uh, you save that data set, uh, If you are doing a metabolomics analysis or working with metabolomics data, you wanna make sure that you select a metabolomic analysis. For those of you that are working with transcriptomics, proteomics, single cell, you would do an expression analysis, and then click on next. And then here you can set um, any cutoffs that you may have, um, and then run that analysis. So again, uh, if you do have p-values and you have a really large number of molecules, you can use use a p-value cutoff to um, filter for significance. But you can also use uh, the fold change to the log ratio uh, measurements um, as cutoffs as well to focus your analysis on those most significant uh, molecules. Okay. So now let's um, integrate uh, transcriptomics, uh, proteomics, and metalomic data using uh, the comparison analysis and see how you can analyze and interpret these uh, different types of omic data. So I'm gonna go ahead and go back to the software and I'm gonna go ahead and just cancel this. And so um, when you're working with multi-omic data or multiple groups at different time points, different treatments, it's kind of hard to compare things one by one. And so for this reason, IPA has a powerful feature called comparison analysis that allows you to compare multiple analysis all at once. And so here we can access that comparison analysis by simply going to create new and then comparison analysis. And so here you can select uh, the different types of data that you want to compare. So in this case, if I go into my liver multiomics folder, I can go ahead and select my transcriptomics uh, data, move it to the right-hand side. I can go ahead and select the proteomics data, move it to the right-hand side, and then the metabolomics data and move it to the right-hand side. So here we're um, comparing our transcriptomics, proteomics, and metabolomics data sets. So once we select um, those uh, data sets, we can go ahead and view the comparison. And so again, you can access the comparison analysis by simply going to the Create New and then comparison from analysis. And so I wanna go ahead and just maximize this so you guys can see a little bit better. So let's just move things around so you can see them a little bit uh, better. And so here you see comparisons in the form of a heat map Uh, for pathways, for um, upstream analysis, and for disease and functions and regulator effects in these different tabs. Now, if you want to compare activity of biological processes or look at uh, a rotatory network, you can use um, these uh, different tabs. But for today, we're going to go ahead and focus on the um, canonical pathways and the upstream analysis. So here I'm going to go ahead and start with the canonical pathways tab. And so this heat map allows you to visualize uh, the canonical pathways um, relevant to all of these um, multiple analysis simultaneously. And so by default, the heat map um, displays the predicted activity of that pathway uh, in each of the individual analysis, uh, which is based on a C-score. And so C-score measures how closely the actual expression pattern of molecules in your data set compares to the pattern that is expected based on the literature for a particular pathway. And so here, pathways predicted to be activated are gonna be colored in orange, and pathways predicted to be inhibited are going to be colored in blue. And so uh, positive C-scores are going to represent those activated uh, pathways, and then negative C-scores are going to represent those inhibited pathways. Now, pathways with a uh, Z-score of zero, or pathways that have a... a small uh, z-score uh, represent um, different uh, meanings. So the pathways with a score of zero are pathways in which, um, based on the direction of expression of your data sets, we can't tell uh, with certainty whether that pathway is predicted to be activated or inhibited. And so in that case, uh, since um, information from your data is supporting both either an inhibition or an activation, uh, we typically will give that um, pathway a z-score of zero since we're not confident in terms of how exactly that um, pathway is behaving based on the directional information provided from the data set. Now in IPA, a significant uh, z-score um, represents a, a value of two or higher or negative two and lower. And so um, a, uh, D-score that is smaller than that represents a pathway in which um, it is predicted to be activated but not significantly um, activated. And so here uh, you can adjust uh, the scale of uh, your pathways uh, by taking a look at this uh, range, so you can um, adjust how um, you want to um, set uh, the measurement. And so this kind of highlights, um, helps highlight some of the different uh, omic data to see similarities or differences uh, between uh, the um, pathway um, activity. Now you can also visualize um, the heat map by uh, p-value to look at enrichment of molecules within these pathways. So here, if I go and change the visualize from Z-score to p-value, uh, you can take a look at um, the enrichment that is associated with these uh, different pathways. And so, again, you can always uh, modify the scale to either make it uh, darker or lighter so you can get a better uh, view in terms of how to compare um, your uh, different um, uh, data sets. And so, here you can see that, for example, uh, if you take a look at some of those pathways um, that are available, you can see that, for example, oxidative um, phosphorylation and um, mitochondrial uh, dysfunction, um, and then also like searching a pathway, signaling pathway, which are involved in liver metabolisms are not only enriched in the uh, proteomics data, but are also enriched in um, the metabolomics and the transcriptomics um, data um, as well. So here, if I go back to the Z-score, um, you can also uh, sort uh, the heat map by hierarchical clustering uh, to identify patterns that go across different data sets or that are opposite to each other. And so you can do that by going to the sort method and then hierarchical clustering. And so here, if I extend this just a little bit, uh, you can see how um, some of the um, pathways that are predicted to be inhibited in the transcriptomic data set are actually activated in the proteomics and um, in the metabolomics uh, data set so this could be an indicator of the different time points um, that um, the data was um, was captured. And so, looking for example at um, uh, for example um, mitochondrial dysfunction, um, we can see that it is predicted to be activated in the transcriptomics um, data and um, it is inhibited in the proteomics and in the metabolomics uh, level. So if you are interested in seeing how the juncture data is suggesting that this pathway is activated, uh, you can take a look at it by simply clicking on the little individual um, heat map square to visualize uh, that pathway in uh, greater details. So here I've selected um, the mitochondrial dysfunction pathway and taking a look at it at uh, time zero for the uh, transcriptomics dataset. And so what this is going to do is it's going to open up a picture here on the left-hand side of that uh, specific pathway, allowing you to see how the um, gene expression changes observed in that data are influencing the different nodes within that pathway and how that relates to a predicted activation of that uh, particular uh, pathway. So let me just go ahead and just move this and sort of increase this. Um, and so here um, we open up a pathway, you're automatically going to see predictions, and this is done by uh, taking advantage of causality and directionality in IPS knowledge base. So relying on directional information from the curated literature in the knowledge base, we can take the observed gene expression changes uh, from your data where green is predicted, where green is um, down regulation and then red is upregulation regulation in your data sets, and predict how those uh, changes might influence uh, the activity of other nodes uh, in this uh, pathway, where um, predicted activation is going to be colored in orange, and then predicted inhibition is going to be um, colored in blue. And so here, taking a look at uh, the pathway itself, so I'm just going to just go ahead and. Um, kind of zoom it in a little bit, Uh, you can see that changes uh, within uh, the complexes are uh, downregulated green in your data, which is going to lead to a decrease in um, ATP and an increase in uh, the depletion of um, ATP, according to literature, suggesting a switch uh, to glycolysis for ATP generation in response to insulin. And so you can take a look at... um, the different uh, connections and the different colors uh, to generate a um, hypothesis. And so you can use uh, these uh, heat maps boxes um, to see how this pathway is different um, or the same in uh, the proteomics compared to the transcriptomics and the metabolomics um, data um, as well. And so the heat map uh, provides an easy way to look at and compare um, different types of omic data to look for differences and similarities, allowing you to identify metabolic and signaling pathways that may be changing in your um, omic uh, data. So, just a show of hands uh, for those of you that are working with different types of omic data or different types of time points, would something uh, like this be very useful to sort of like visualize and um, get some? instant um, information in terms of how your data is either similar or different uh, from each other. And so here I can see that uh, many of you can utilize um, a heat map image like this to identify uh, what are some of the differences or similarities uh, between your different uh, types of data sets. And so here you can also use the shading um, of the predicted activity to see whether that predicted activity is increasing or uh, decreasing across your different time points. So, here, for example, we take a look at the neutrophil uh, extracellular trap sealing pathway. You can see that, for example, this pathway, the activity is predicted to be inhibited, but you can take a look at the shading and see that it's actually going down. And then here at the protein level, you can see how it starts from a lighter shade of orange to a darker shade as um, the time points um, increase. Again, allowing you how um, pathways are changing as you're going um, from uh, this time series from zero to 120 minutes after insulin administration. In addition to looking at uh, pathways, you just like you are interested in identifying regulators that may be driving the expression changes observed in their OMIC data. And so these upstream regulators can serve as potential targets for therapeutics or can be candidates for additional mechanistic studies. And so you can identify key upstream regulators by going to the upstream analysis uh, tab. And so here you can see um, the upstream regulators that may explain uh, the expression changes observed across these different data sets. And so these regulators can be genes, microRNAs, proteins, drugs, chemicals, and much more. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and just maximize this so we can see now all these different uh, regulators uh, that are present. And so here uh, we can see, for example, uh, NFE2L2. So I'm just gonna go ahead and highlight it so you guys can see it a little bit better. So here we can see um, NFE2L2, which is known to induce expression of the ticsifying and antioxidant genes. It's predicted uh, to be inhibited in the transcriptomics, the proteomics, and the metabolomics uh, data for the most part. And so by clicking on the heat map square, uh, you can display um, NFE2L2 as a network and see how NFE2L2 is connected to its downstream targets found within your data. And so here you can see how um, the observed downregulation of these genes in green and the upregulation of these genes in red leads to a predicted inhibition of NFE2L2 in our transcriptomic data at T0. And so by taking a look at this heat map, you can see how um, the predicted behavior of this uh, regulator um, is influenced by its downstream targets found within um, your uh, data set. And so these um, images can be exported uh, and shared with others by simply selecting the export icon right here, and so here when you click on the export icon, you can export this image in uh, different formats, as well as different resolutions. And you have the option to export the entire image, or if you're only focused on a certain section of that image, uh, you can export that section as well. And so uh, let's go ahead and review what we've done so far to integrate um, our omics uh, data. And so to compare your omics data, uh, you can go to the Create New Comparison Analysis. And so here you can um, add the analysis uh, you would like to include in the comparison and then click on the View uh, Comparison. And so with the comparison analysis, you can utilize a heat map uh, to look for chronicle pathways that may be predicted to be activated represented by orange or predicted to be inhibited represented uh, by blue. Now you can also take a look at uh, the p-values representing enrichment to identify which pathways have enriched molecules based on your transcriptomics, proteomics, or metabolomics uh, data. So now Let's use a simple tool within IPA to identify similarities and differences in your OMIC uh, data set. So I'm gonna go ahead and go back to the software and I'm gonna go ahead and just minimize this to clear the screen. So let's say that you are interested in identifying the similarities and differences between time points in your proteomics data. And so for that, you can use uh, the compare feature within IPA. And so to access that feature, you can simply go to the create new and then compare. And so here you can select uh, the different data sets. So I'm gonna go ahead and select our proteomic analysis. And so for that, under proteomics, I'm just gonna go ahead and select my analysis and add. So here's my time zero, the time 60, and then the time uh, 120. And so here you can see that uh, the letters in this uh, Venn diagram represent the different analysis that we are comparing. And so to compare those, we can simply just um, select the um, Calculate um, Intersection button. And so what this is going to do, this is going to generate a Venn diagram highlighting the overlaps and the differences between the proteomic uh, data sets. And so let's uh, say that you want to know what proteins are common across this time series. You go ahead and click here in the middle and you can see uh, what those proteins are here listed on this table below. Now you can select uh, this list. So I'm gonna go ahead and select it all and we can annotate the proteins by going to annotations. And so this is going to open up um, a table that is going to give you um, information about the different uh, proteins that are common across all of our um, data points and then how they are expressed um, across um, the different analysis. So you can use this table to generate um, a list. For example, I can select those and generate a list that can be used for various downstream applications. Uh, You can also add all these proteins to a pathway and construct your own network. And you can also create a, a data set and run a core analysis to see how these proteins are associated with different pathways, uh, regulators, diseases, or functions. So just a show of hands, how many of you uh, can see themselves utilizing a feature like this to quickly identify the similarities and differences between the different types of data they are working with. So you can see that many of you uh, would uh, find this uh, useful. So here, I'm gonna go ahead and just close this and go back to our compare. Now, one of the things uh, that users find very useful regarding this compare is the ability to uh, compare different types of data sets. So let's say you want to compare your transcriptomics and your proteomics data to identify similarities between the data sets. And so here uh, we are looking at, um, so here we're gonna go go ahead and look at 60 minutes after insulin administration. So I'm gonna go ahead and just clear our event diagram. And I'm going to add the protein, 60 minutes. And then I'm going to go into my transcriptomics and add the 60 minute um, time point. And then again, we're going to calculate uh, the intersection. And here we can easily um, identify uh, the overlap between uh, these two data sets. So again, you can click on that overlap, uh, select them all, and you again have the option to um, annotate these, um, uh, these uh, common uh, molecules. And so this is a great way of comparing uh, different omic um, like data without having to do like a ID conversions to create a list. And so here you have uh, the two different um, IDs that were uh, recognized. Um, A1 uh, right here is going to be your, um, it's gonna be the um, proteomics data, and then A2 is going to be your transcriptomics um, data. So you can easily combine and create a list across uh, different um, OMIC uh, uh, data sets. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, minimize this, and then go back to our comparison analysis. Now well, let's say that you find nfe 2 2 interesting. Now, because you're working with liver uh, response data, you want to know how nfe 2 l 2 relates to liver response using your omic data, but you don't want to spend hours um, searching the literature. Now, because the database in IPA is causal directional, you can quickly generate a network to see how nfe 2 l 2 through different genes, proteins, or metabolites um, from your data, is connected to response of liver and generate some note charts to look at your omics uh, data. And so here we can go ahead and search for different genes, chemicals, um, diseases or functions by using the search bar located at the top of your screen. So I'm gonna go ahead and search for our gene of interest under the genes and chemicals tab and select it and then add it to a blank pathway. And now I'm gonna go ahead and uh, search for our um, function of interest, which is responsive liver. Under the disease and functions tab, select that, and then add it to a pathway. It's gonna be pathway three that is currently open. And so here, when you search for a um, disease or a function, you have the option to add the function as a node. All of the molecules associated with it or both. So in this case, I'm gonna go ahead and add uh, the function as a node and click OK. And so now we have our gene and our function of interest um, using uh, the search bar here at the top. And so we're going to build a network uh, based on NFE 2 and a uh, response of liver by utilizing the tools within the built menu. So I'm gonna go ahead and just maximize this so you guys can see it better. And then I'm gonna select the built menu uh, which has different tools that allow you to build a custom network. And so in this case, I'm gonna go ahead and select the option path explorer, which allows you to identify different paths in which NFE 202 connects to um, response of the liver and so we can set how we want to um, generate our network by using uh, this table here on the left hand side so we're going to go ahead and select our gene and then add it to the set a box select our uh, function and then add it to this set b box and in terms of direction we want to know how nfe 2 connects to responsive liver. So we want to know how we can go from A uh, to B. Now, if you don't um, have a a data set, you can generate a network using uh, the ingenuity uh, knowledge base, which looks at all potential connections between the gene and the function. So this is a great way to build um, a in silico hypothesis um, utilizing uh, this feature. Now for today, rather than looking at uh, the knowledge base to find our information, we want to build a network based on our data set. And so for that, we're gonna use the option, use molecules uh, from analysis data sets and list." And so here we want to um, create a network using the molecules uh, from our data. And so for that, we can click on change analysis, data sets and list. And so, for example, if you created a list from your compare um, that has uh, the overlapping proteins or the overlapping genes, you can select that, Um, or you can construct uh, your network using uh, the molecules from my analysis. So here for today, I'm gonna go ahead and use uh, the molecules from our protein uh, T0 uh, time point. And this is going to, uh, we're going to use this uh, to look at different ways in which nfe 2 l 2 and um, responsive liver are connected with only the molecules present within the time zero for the proteomics mix of data. And so for that, we're going to go ahead and click apply. And so this is going to search for the different ways in which nfe 2 l 2 and responsive liver are connected. Using only the molecules in our proteomics times zero data set. And so here you can see that IPA found one path in which these two are connected. Uh, but I uh, can also take a look at different ways in which NFE 2 through intermediates are also um, associated. And so for that, we can also click this drop down menu to select those um, in which um, NFE through an intermediate are associated with a uh, responsive liver. So in this case, we can select them and then add them uh, to our um, network. So here you can see how NFE tool two through these different intermediates that are differentially expressed in proteomics data is connected to response of liver. Now in this case, the predicted inhibition of NFE2L2 is based on the expression of these molecules that leads to a predicted um, activation of response in the liver. And so here you can modify this network and change it um, in different ways by clicking on the, uh, the layout menu and Reorganizing um, this network um, to fit however you, you want to uh, display it. So now that we have our custom network, we are going to overlay your uh, multiomics data using the overlay menu. So here under overlay, we can use a drop-down and select the first option, analysis, data sets, and list, and we can add more data. So right now we're looking at the proteomics uh, time zero. So here we can add, for example, our transcriptomics in addition to the remaining proteomics uh, type points. So I'm going to select the proteomics data as well as the transcriptomics data and click OK. And what this is going to do is going to overlay uh, those data sets onto uh, this network. And the overlay is going to uh, generate uh, some node charts. So here you can see that we have our um, first three proteomic time points, and then we have our last three um, transcriptomic time points. And so um, now, once we've overlaid the data, we now have these uh, node charts that appear um, in the screen. And so uh, these node charts are going to appear um, in the different molecules that are either up and down regulating your data. And so when we click on a note chart, for example, um, RXA, RXRA, you can see that um, it's not only downregulated in the proteomics data, but it's also downregulated in the uh, transcriptomics data. And so this is interesting since um, RxA, RXRA um, plays a role in haplocyte pedocyte proliferation, and so here you can see how um, they're both, um, you can see how this gene is um, related um, across uh, all of our uh, data sets. Now, looking at the other ones, you can see that some of these time points may be missing. And so some users are interested in viewing expressions. And so for that, uh, if you ignore the analysis cutoff, This is going to remove the analysis cutoff that was set during uh, the core analysis setup. And so when you remove the cutoff for significance, um, you can see how um, the different, um, you can see how um, this um, gene is expressed across uh, these uh, different time points. And so if you're interested in looking at trends and identifying how uh, genes are changing over time, uh, this is a good feature to allow you to uh, visualize that. So just a show of hands for those of you that are interested in trends, um, this be a feature that could be really useful to um, highlight uh, those um, trending up regulations or uh, down regulations, uh, for example. So I can see that many of you would find this feature useful. And so again, this can be exported in, uh, as an image by simply clicking on the export uh, button. And so not only can you look at and compare different omic data using comparison analysis, but you can also overlay your data to a network and generate these node charts uh, to look at transcriptomics, proteomics, and metabolomics um, data. And so I'm just going to go ahead and um, continue on. So let's say that um, now you are interested in integrating your metabolomics uh, data to this network. And so let's say you want to find um, metabolites that may be associated with this network using your metabolomics data, but you don't want to spend hours looking through the literature. And so in IPA, you can build and grow your network, allowing you to grow it to the metabolites that are found within uh, your data set. And so here, going back to our build, we can go and use this um, dropdown to grow. And so here we can uh, grow our network to those metabolites present in our T0 uh, metabolomics data, for example, that may be associated uh, with this uh, network. And so for that, we're gonna use some similar fashion where we're going to use the molecules from the data set. And then here, we're gonna change that to those found in our metabolomics data. So I'm gonna go under our metabolomics and select our T0 So rather than looking at all the molecules in knowledge base, all the metabolites in the knowledge base, we just want to focus on those metabolites that are found within our data sets. So we can select our network that we're interested in and then apply to identify uh, what metabolites are associated uh, with this network. And so here you can see that we have uh, these different sets of metabolites that um, are associated with the different um, molecules already present within this network. And so uh, this is a great way of integrating your proteomics, your transcriptomics, and your metabolomics to look for connections across metabolites, genes, as well as proteins. And so here, um, this network is interactive. So again, you can always move stuff around um, and organize it um, however uh, you sit, uh, you, uh, see fit. Now, once again, uh, you can overlay um, metabolomics data by simply going to the overlay and then here um, going to the add more. So I'm going to go ahead and overlay the metabolomics. So right now we have our T0, but we can also add our um, T60 and T120. And so um, if we take a look at our metabolites, you can see that these last time points is gonna be our metabolomics data. So again, uh, these first three is our um, our transcript our proteomics, and then the following three is our transcriptomics, and then our metabolomics data. And so here you can see how um, these different uh, metabolites Um, are changing across uh, these data sets. You have your uh, metabolomics, and then here is your your protein and your transcriptomic data. So these node charts allow you to um, compare across your different data sets. And so I think this would be a good time for another uh, Q and A break.
0: Awesome. Uh, I went ahead uh, just as something handy Uh, I posted the links to the slides one more time in the chat, and then I also am launching one last poll just to give us feedback on how useful today's training is. For the questions that have been asked so far, I'm actually really happy that you're currently showing node charts because one of the questions is asking, is there a way to show both transcriptomics and proteomics data at the same time?
1: Yes, and so the node charts is a great way to show both the um, proteomics and the transcriptomics at the same time. So here you can see both um, data coming from both sets. And so those are the node charts that can really um, help you with that.
0: And in addition to the node charts, um, is there another uh, way to view uh, both the transcriptomics and proteomics results uh, side by side?
1: Um, So another way would be to use a comparison analysis, as we saw earlier. And so here, uh, not only can you see the predicted um, activity, but if you take a look at that gene heat map, you'll also be able to see the actual expression um, side by side as well.
0: Perfect. And then uh, one other question uh, was, let's say that you have your own data, your own proteomics data, and you want to do these kinds of comparisons except with uh, a specific public data set found in analysis match. Uh, how would you do that?
1: Um, so sim- you would simply go to add more. And here, you can use this um, search bar to search for public data sets. So if you search for liver, for example, actually, let's go to insulin, you know, liver speed two. I We can click on search. And this is going to query our uh, comparisons uh, or which are over 147,000 um, coming from public uh, data sets and uh, using keywords, you can identify those data sets that are relevant to um, whatever else else that are relevant to those keywords that you uh, entered. And so if you wanted to add any of these uh, public ones, let's say from human disease, which is looking at non-oncology conditions, you can simply select that comparison of interest and then click on add to overlay to overlay that information onto your network.
0: Okay. And if you happen to be looking at the analyses match themselves, uh, not only can you, uh, you can also create uh, a new comparison there in analysis match by selecting that study of interest and comparing it with your currently open uh, experimental result. That'll also let you copy and paste the uh, project ID for this search function to overlay. I believe in the interest of time, I am going to go ahead and let you continue. But to everyone in attendance, please keep asking questions. We really enjoy uh, answering them and figuring out what we need to improve. Thank you. Thanks,
1: everyone, so just to um, review, uh, we used to uh, compare to uh, identify overlaps between our omic data and generate different lists that can be used for downstream applications in IPA. Uh, you can also construct a network using your own data and generate uh, these note charts that allow you to compare your transcriptomics and your proteomics data. You can also grow uh, your network to look for metabolites within your data that may, that may be playing a role within this network. And so now let's look at how you can use IPA to integrate public data in your research. And so, typically, if you were interested in a public data set from places like uh, GEO, SRA, you would have to download and process the raw data, QC it, analyze it, which can take a tremendous amount of time, especially if you are interested in multiple data sets. And so, our curation team at Omicsoft uh, downloads uh, and QCs the raw data, processes the raw data using a standardized pipeline, quantifies it, and calculates um, statistical. Um, analysis such as differential expression, and stores that information within um, our LANDS database. Our team also curates a lot of metadata by using controlled vocabulary, allowing you to look at characteristics across uh, different samples and analysis. And so more than 147,000 on comparisons have been analyzed in IPA, and power the functionalities of activity plots and analysis match features that allow you to compare your data with a public data. And so often uh, users like you want to know how their experimental results compares to um, others. Analysis match automatically compares um, your analysis results against uh, over 147,000 public data sets where analysis matching, where where the analysis um, that have matching results to yours are represented by this purple color and analysis with anti-matching results or opposite results to yours are um, represented by a blue color. So with analysis match, you can discover other IPA core analysis with similar opposite biological results compared to yours, which can help confirm your interpretation of the results or um, help you uh, provide unexpected insights into underlying shared biological mechanisms. So going back to the software, I'm just going to go ahead and just minimize my windows that I have open. And I'm actually going to go ahead and open one of our data sets. So I'm going to go ahead and open the transcriptomics and let's go ahead and take a look at the time point at 60 minutes. So to open the um, core analysis, you would just simply double click on the analysis. And so this is what the analysis looks like, with results for pathways, option regulators, decision functions in different tabs. And so here, we're going to go ahead and go into this analysis match tab. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and maximize my screen so you guys can see it a little bit better. And so analysis match automatically compares uh, the results from your analysis against other analysis that you have created in your project manager uh, window as well as hundreds of thousands of other human, mouse, and rat expression analysis curated from public studies such as GEO, SRA, and more. Uh, the analysis to analysis matching is based on shared patterns of canonical pathways, upstream regulators, um, causal networks, uh, and these functions, and a z z-score is uh, given overall. So anti-matching analysis are going to be represented by um, this uh, blue color and are given a negative z-score. And then matching analysis are represented by a purple color and are given a positive uh, z-score and so here uh, this last column um, the uh, disease uh, the, the last column dm is going to um, allow you to identify um, how many genes uh, from this particular uh, data set also match those genes present uh, within your uh, data now The first column taking a look at this uh, table is going to give you the name of the analysis and where that analysis is coming from. And then here it's going to tell you what um, type of disease state the analysis is looking at and then the tissue that it utilized. If uh, a treatment is included, they'll provide you with that information in this column right here. Now here we're looking at uh, 60 minutes after insulin administration in mouse. So using a mouse match, you want to know what disease conditions display similar biological outcomes to those in this uh, dataset. And so for that, we'll start off by filtering for non-oncology diseases. So here under the projects, we're gonna go to this OMICSALF section, and then we're gonna select the uh, disease land uh, folder that focuses on non-oncology conditions for human, mouse, and rat. And we're gonna go ahead and apply that column. In addition to this, we're also gonna filter for those studies that compared um, a uh, disease. And so under this uh, comparison category, I'm just gonna go ahead and type in star disease, star and apply. And so using the metadata, you can see that uh, analysis studying um, uh, insulin-related conditions, such as, uh, for example, um, overweight and obesity um, or hepatitis are um, matching uh, the results uh, observed um, in this comparison, looking at a response after insulin administration. So here uh, you can um, directly uh, compare them. So here, for example, if you are interested in um, specific uh, data sets, let's say that we're interested in this obesity uh, data set and this one too, uh, you can select those comparisons and view them as a um, heat map which will allow you to um, generate a heat map um, to see how the predicted activity of, of the different uh, pathways uh, regulators within this, um, these two analysis compares to yours. And so here you can see that uh, some of these causal uh, these causal networks of uh, regulators are not only um, predicted to be activated in our data set, but they're also predicted to be activated in these uh, two data sets. You can also um, view them as a comparison, and so this is going to compare. This is going to open up the comparison analysis. That's going to allow you to um, compare your uh, transcriptomic data to uh, the uh, public data sets that are available within IPA. And so here, not only do you get a more direct comparison of different pathways that are enriched across your data sets. You can also take a look at the upstream regulators and these functions in a lot more detail. And so, similar to what you can do with your own um, data, you can also uh, compare your data with um, public data and identify some shared biological mechanisms, um, or they can also provide um, better confirmation of your interpretation of the results. Now, users like you often want to know how a single um, entity behaves in public data. And so Activity Plot um, allows you to gain insights into a canonical pathway, an upstream regulator, or disease or function by exploring its predicted biological acta- activity or behavior across more than 147,000 public data sets that represent disease conditions, drugs, or other treatments, knockouts, and much more. With this uh, capability, you can answer questions like, which treatments are predicted to be to inhibit my target of interest? Or what disease states activate the pathway I'm interested in? And so here, you can look at public data sets that have um, inhibited, um, NFE, predicted inhibited uh, NFE2L2 to identify disease conditions that have similar features to the insulin response or you can look at public sets that have an activated NFT tool 2 to identify a particular treatment. And so let's go back to our um, dataset. And so here, let's go into the um, upstream analysis uh, tab. And so in upstream analysis, uh, the default is going to be the upstream regulators, in which IPA looks at any regulatory molecule in the knowledge base, and identifies downstream targets within your data set. IPA compares the direction of expression of the downstream targets in your data to the literature to predict which uh, regulatory molecule is um, predicted to be activated or inhibited, thereby allowing you to find uh, key molecules that could be driving the expression changes observed in your uh, data. So here, for example, taking a look, we can see that NFE2L2 serves as a regulator for uh, a lot of the genes found within this data set, and it is predicted to be inhibited. And so to explore the activity of NFE2L2, you can simply highlight the row and click on activity plot. And so this is going to uh, generate a volcano plot. displaying uh, the different um, analysis in which nfe 202 2 is either predicted to be activated or inhibited based on the uh, direction of expression of its downstream targets. And so right now, um, IPA is uh, querying its um, database to identify uh, those um, pathways, those analysis that are uh, relevant for NFE2L2. And so here, um, the, the volcano plot, i us just go ahead and just maximize it. So the, um, on the x-axis, we have z-score per predicted activity and on the y-axis, we have significance. And then each dot represents a uh, individual um, data set or analysis. Now, to explore the activity of NFE2L2, we're going to go ahead and um, take a look at those um, data sets in which NFE2L2 um, is predicted to be um, inhibited. So a negative C-score uh, is predicted inhibition, a positive C-score is predicted activation. And so you want to know where nfe 202 2 is also predicted to be inhibited based on the direction of expression of its function targets. And so here we can select from a negative two to the left, and take a look at those data sets that have a significant predicted inhibition of NFE2L2. And so here you can see um, using this uh, table, you can see the different types of analysis that uh, also display a predicted uh, inhibition of um, NFE2L2 based on the direction of its um, downstream targets. So if you want to know what type of um, information these analysis contain, you can always select them and then evaluate uh, the metadata to get a feel for uh, what types of uh, information uh, is available. So here, for example, we can see that uh, many of the analysis that also display a predicted inhibition of nf 2 are coming from the eye. And uh, you can take a look at uh, the different, uh, for example, the different uh, treatments that are being utilized that cause a predicted inhibition, um, the different uh, cell lines. And so this type of um, information um, can allow you to identify uh, what are some of the conditions uh, in which NFE2L2 has been observed to be inhibited uh, by taking a look at the associated uh, um, metadata. So if you're looking to identify, you know, what treatments can activate NFE2L2, uh, since it is predicted to be inhibited in your data set, again, you can highlight uh, those um, analysis in which NFE2L2 is predicted to be activated based on its uh, downstream targets. And then you can use um, the evaluate metadata option to take a look at what are those conditions that um, results in a predicted activation of E2O2. You can use that information to identify what tissues to target, what treatments you can use to test your hypothesis, or you can find a drug true purpose uh, for a new uh, disease uh, target. So just a show of hands, um, how many of you who are sort of in a exploratory phase or um, trying to plan the next experiment uh, can see a feature like this uh, useful for identifying what tissues to target, what treatments to use, uh, depending on how your target of interest is predicted to behave. Um, so you can see that um, many of you would find uh, such a feature uh, useful. Okay. So, and so just to, just to summarize uh, what we've covered today. So in IPA, there are many ways in which you can integrate multi omics uh, data analysis. Um, so with the comparison uh, analysis feature, you can use C-scores to look at uh, pathways across your omic data that are either predicted to be activated or inhibited, or you can use uh, p-values to look for enrichment. Uh, you can use the upstream uh, regulator maps to identify key uh, regulators across your omic data and visualize them as networks to see how they are connected um, in your data. And you can also generate um, networks and node charts to compare different to compare between the different types of treatments, diseases, time points that you may be working with. In addition to comparing uh, between your own data, you can also leverage the public data within IPA to look for studies that are either um, similar or uh, dissimilar using the analysis match, or look for studies uh, where individual entities such as regulators um, are predicted to be activated or inhibited using the activity plot. These are features that um, can allow you to either um, help uh, validate uh, the interpretation of your data or help you identify shared biological mechanisms across um, different um, data sets. And so with this, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, And if there are any remaining questions, we'd be happy to take them.
2: Thank you, Arasali. And thank you everyone for participating in this uh, meeting. One thing that um, I want to ask you is, I understand that over the last few years, our team, one of the things that they have been doing is for metabolomics and special libidomics they're adding more and more molecules in the database, right? More and more findings in the database. Saying that, like say, even then someone is running the dataset and their favorite lipid is not being able to identify by IPA or their favorite lipid is identified, but they're not seeing specific findings. What would be your suggestion for those type of users?
1: Um, so if you're having any issues, you can always um, contact our support team so you can provide them with the list of those lipids that um, IPA is not recognizing, and we can help you uh, find better ways to um, upload that information um, into IPA. So um, our support team is great, and they're here to help uh, for any questions that you guys may have.
2: All right. So we had that email on the first slide, and RSL is even displaying uh, displaying on this last slide, so feel free to check it out. Um Two quick things. One is I posted a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box. We really appreciate your feedback, things that you might have liked about the training, things that you think we should do differently, or include in future trainings, would love to get that feedback. I see that one of the attendees has uh, pasted an interesting link for lipid ontology. We'll be sure to check it out. But then at the same time, if you have specific suggestions in terms of... uh, Something that needs to be integrated in IPA or IPS database, please let us know. And we are happy to do that in future releases of uh, IPA as well. Um, in terms of questions, I believe that you answered a lot of them, Araceli, as you were going through the training during the QA breaks. I don't see any more right now in the chat box. As always, we'll wait... Uh, 45 more seconds in case anyone is typing something so they can finish their thoughts and we make sure we answer the questions. But otherwise, thank you so much for giving this training. Thank you, Leah and Kyle for sticking around and uh, answering so many technical as well as licensing related questions. And we really hope to see you guys in future trainings.